0: Hello everybody. This is redacted recover your mind podcast. My name is Mitchell O'Brien and I am here today again with Lucas O'Brien. I just cannot get rid of this guy and we really don't want to because he brings so much to the table here when it comes to what we're
1: talking about. How are you doing today, Lucas? I'm doing pretty well, Mitchell. Thank you for having me back on. Um, what he doesn't tell you is that I've actually hired a hitman to uh, threaten him back where he lives and, uh, that's the other reason he has me back on. <laughs> I'm here anyway. I'm happy to be here.
0: We were gonna record yesterday. I tried to get away from the hitman. It didn't work out for me. He tied me up and was like, "No, you're doing it tonight," or just not going to happen. So,
1: yeah, I told him not to get in the way of the podcast, but he obviously didn't
0: get that. So. No, well, I mean it was more my fault than anything. So, I didn't give him much of a choice. I'm pretty slippery for a big guy, so. <laughs> But he does his
1: job like an wrestling an <laughs> oil pig. <stager. Yeah. laughs> so sorry, that sounded way meaner than I meant it to. It's, <laughs> it's fine. fine. <laughs> People do that all the
0: time. They're like, "Wow, that was really terrible." I'm like, "Well, I mean, I don't really care." So
1: <laughs> I saw it in a, a show, like a medi- medieval show, one time, and it was really funny. I, like watching them try to catch a pig with grease on it. Yeah. So I got that when in- you
0: said that. Well, and um, I mean, I had the thought too, and in Family Guy, it's the the greased up deaf guy. It's, so he's always, he runs around, and he's like, and it's really, really insensitive, but it's a thing. I remember that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the things that you try to forget. <laughs> the thing, <laughs> The things that I can't <laughs> see. And this is why you can remember certain things that are important and I can't, I think, because I've put so much garbage in my head.
1: But well, no, see, I've been learning about that lately. It's called dissociation and it's a trauma response that we used to deal with pain. And so I dissociate all of those things because they hurt me. And so then I just hold on to the good things. See,
0: so that's crazy. I disassociated a completely <laughs> different way where it was like my, and we talked about this a little bit, I think on one of the last podcasts where it was like my mind was fractured and I would disassociate out of the part that was, of my mind that, and this was an early recovery, but I would get stressed out and it's like that part would just go away. And a new part would take over. And then eventually I would come back. And this was after the substances. This was after the alcohol. This was, this is during the solar part. And Yeah. Um, healing.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. So it, it was crazy being in the middle of an argument. All of a sudden I'd be like, what are we doing? And, uh, with my, with the last girl that, I was in a relationship with, and she's like, What are you talking about? I'm like, Why are you angry? She's like, We're just in a yelling match. We've been mad at each other for an hour. No, I just got here. Why are we
1: in the garage? But yeah, I said there's a lot lot to talk about there that I would love to talk about in the future because I'm like, I'm learning a ton about that right now. I've seen patterns of it, like I've seen that, I know you understand some of that, but that's for a different podcast. Well, and you
0: mentioned a little taste of it the other day, too, and I don't think I mentioned what I just mentioned as much when you did that, but I started to think about it since, and I was like, oh, that makes sense when we kind of touched on it, and maybe it wasn't in the podcast, maybe we were just talking about another podcast, but um, we were talking about the, the mechanic of fracturing minds and souls.
1: Yeah, I think we talked, touched on that a little bit in the last podcast. But
0: yeah, I can't remember if it was a pre-podcast
1: chat or if it was on the cast, but... I think that was in there because that was something I was listening to that day. And I started um, working through a program, like learning more about that stuff. So it's definitely something I'm going to talk about more as we move on. It's brought a lot of clarity to me um, for some things. Um that I'm not going to go into depth to right now. <laughs> we have other important things to talk about.
0: So. Before we get into the
1: important what are things,
0: about? oh, what were you going to say? I said, "What are we talking about today, Mitchell?" I didn't do that part, did I? <laughs> nope. Um, <laughs> we didn't get there yet. I noticed that when we were talking. I was like, I'm having a good conversation? Let's go with it." So we're really going to be talking about dimensions. I have an exercise that I want to do with you because of the different way we see things and remember things um, mm-hmm. where we're going to bring up, and I'm going to have you explain what this is, but something uh, it's called the Sefer. Some of our listeners, most of them probably don't know what that is, but it's to my understanding, one of the, I'm going to say purest, but I'm not good with my words, purest translations to English of the Bible in what i call the holy scriptures some of the apocrypha i believe and the just the things that have been removed that i don't think belo- like i don't think they should have been removed from canon of what we call the bible i want to dig through it and see if there's evidence of different dimensions in genesis and i already know the answer partially cuz i started to do this and i've been nothing but distracted ever since so this is our time to do it, but I can see evidence of them in the beginning stages of Genesis 1, um, but I really wanted your, and you, I know you don't necessarily like it when I say expertise, but compared to <laughs> how I look at it, it's expertise. So I want to do, I want to do that. How do you we can call out? it my, uh, my adeptness, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it. it is, but you downplay it. You really you really do downplay it, and we've talked about that before. And, I mean, it's yeah. like, like, I feel like there's other people that are better at it than me, is what you've said before. And I'm like, there are. There always is. Like, everything we're good at, there's somebody who's better at it. But you're so much better at it than I am. Like, it's one of your talents. So,
1: I'm going to stop. I, just, I listen to a lot of people that are, like, PhDs or, like, you know, the dumb ones have one PhD. And you know, then like most of them have three to five
0: and I'm making one of those with
1: Photoshop. we <laughs> getting pretty mean, good at it. <laughs> not that PhDs mean much. Anymore. I feel like most degrees don't mean a lot anymore, but, right. um, but yeah, I, I can sum up this effort real quick and give a general idea. Um, and another thing, just before we jump off the thing you were saying about Genesis, I think Genesis anybody that reads it with a slightly open mind can see that it talks about at least seven dimensions the seven days in genesis cover a multitude of different things in scripture that they touch on you spend your entire life in genesis one and never stop finding things to learn it's fascinating i keep going Um, back
0: to it it keeps calling me in like this year alone i've probably read genesis one and i start to just keep going but it always pulls mm-hmm. pulls me back to Genesis one like there's something there that i'm not I'm not seeing, and it's happened probably somewhere between four and six times now like this will be the probably the fifth or sixth time um yeah. just I just keep getting
1: drawn back to it so Dude, every time I feel led to study a different part of scripture and I'll like read through a certain book a couple of times, it almost always leads me back to Genesis one It's crazy. A wild, as you like to say. Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> well, thing I... is, so Genesis, there's some things in there um, that if you read Job and Enoch, those both really touch on things that can, which I actually haven't studied those out a lot. I know it's in there and I know I need to study it more. I just haven't been pushed towards that yet, mm-hmm. but I know there's more there to find that that gets into dimensions and things that connects with all of that.
0: So. Yeah, I when I, Job was part of my um, scriptural, like, journey this year, too. Because I learned what the Maserat was. And when they, you know, when Yah himself talking about the the different constellations and stuff like that. I was like, people shouldn't have known about that. So they weren't making it up.
1: The seven stars of the Pleiades that supposedly we didn't know existed until, like, 30 years ago or something, 40 years ago, whenever it was.
0: Yeah, and, like, people could say, well, that's a modern day, Like, so somebody made it and then added it, you know, now. And it's like, well, it's been around in this canon, what they call the canon 66 now, since before. We've known about it in what we can call modern times. So...
1: Well, the ancient predate when we supposedly discovered the seventh star in the Pleiades. Um, Like, they predate that. And I I know they tell you that Hebrews were dumb, but uh, the Hebrew language, the ancient Hebrew language, had a number seven in it. So they may have known what they were talking about.
0: Right. (laughs) And it's like the guy who made it all. Sounds like he, or at least the guy who knew the guy who made it all, because I'm not sure how I feel about El Elion and Yahweh and, and all that from these scriptures and for people that are tuned in that haven't heard us use those terms before those are different terms for what we would know as God in our language kind um, of like Father God but there's a little bit of evidence in there that there could be different am I saying that right? like El like Elion maybe is the original creator and Yahweh is more of a, a newer edition, ad or... Um,
1: no, no, but yeah. I, well, um, th- that's why I said it. <laughs> um, let's get into this effort. I'll, I'll explain some of that, and why the Hebrew is important, and why some of these things, like how it can get muddy. Um, first, like you brought up, um, we brought up Yahweh or Yahweh, before Yahweh, Jehovah, Jehovah, these are all terms that are, you know, Different pronunciations of the same thing fundamentally in different languages. Um, that is understood to be the creator. When they're praying to the Father in the Old Testament scriptures um, or the Tanakh, as it's known in Judaism um, or in Hebrew, it, it would be the Father, would be the idea of that. Um, through my study, I think when you see Yahweh or Yahweh in the Old Testament, Often talking about pre-incarnate Yahusha or Jesus, which well, is a crazy concept to a lot of people. But search it out, it's it's interesting.
0: I um, think hello. I kind of, I think I kind Go of um, agree with you too. Um, and I've I've always had this kind of be- this growing belief or just this thing that's in there, and it's it's not a full belief yet. But you know about how I feel about reincarnation. But I feel like Yahusha slash Jesus is in a higher part of that structure that I'm kind of seeing in my head, mm-hmm. and Yahwah is I don't want to say grooming raising raising him to be like him, which is what we see in the the creation story with the you know created in his image part. You know? Yeah. So not to cut you off because I knew you're gonna go into something about El which is El Elian Elohim. But I just yeah, I had to I had to throw that out
1: there. <laughs> yeah, you're good. And we'll touch on that stuff more in the future, especially the being created in God's image. Um, I'm learning a lot about that too. I mean I've known a lot about that for a long time, but I'm learning even more the the depths of that are absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Um but I won't go into all that right now, because again, that could be a possibly a podcast series. Yeah, <laughs> just on that
0: subject. So, well, some um, of the stuff, some of the stuff that you're getting, you're being able to get into, and in some of the learning and stuff, it's it's pretty. I'm not going to th- put it on blast so everybody knows, but like it, it's it's exciting. Like what you're getting to do, it's it, it's a big deal, and it's 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 exciting. I'm I'm really happy you get to do that. A little bit of it is uh, kind of selfish because I know I'm going to learn something from what you learn, but I'm really glad that <laughs> that you get it for yourself too. Yeah. You know?
1: Well, and to to just throw it out there to listeners, like I won't go into all of it, but like I'm I'm kind of going through a healing journey and have an opportunity to, to learn in depth and work with someone to deal with some deep spiritual things and to look into things, and learn some more things about like the structure of the soul, the mind, um, the heart the uh, dealing with things in the spirit, all, all that kind of stuff. So it's really cool. Um, and it's mind-numbingly intense at times as well. Yeah. Um, and I'm only like scratching the surface. I haven't even started working with the person I'm going to work with. I'm doing like the preliminary stuff. So once yeah. I get into it, it'll be pretty crazy. But um, but again, I'll go back to Elle. Um I, I've cut you off too many times. You, and I'll shut up. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> Um, I think it's ancient Mesopotamia um, Helbyan religion possibly Mm -hmm. I don't remember exactly but their high god was called El Mm -hmm. El in their understanding was the father of all other gods gods being in Hebrew Elohim so we're going to use the term Elohim a lot which is literally just it's a plural version of Eloah which just means um, mighty one or something of a divine nature, something higher than humanity. Um, so fundamentally from a Christian perspective, um, L got picked up by the Hebrew language along the way. Um, the term L started to be used for the creator. Now there. Understanding of it wasn't the same as the Mesopotamian understanding. It wasn't that you know he had sex with some other lesser god and had all these god children or whatever. Like that, that was kind of the distortion um, of the story of Satan, right, from the biblical understanding. Um, but no. L no. got kind of brought over into the language, and so L um, really L is just a shortened version of Elohim. So when it says L El L Yon. Um, that's, I want to say that God most high, I've got like notes here, where'd that go? I had it up ready to, yeah, the most high God is the idea of that. So like, um, L being God and El Yon being high God. So it's like God, the high God is right. pretty much <laughs> what it means. Well, um, and then, so they're saying like the one above all others because when you refer to Elohim, technically when we use the term angels, all angels are Elohim.
0: Right. And that's what I was just going to bring up is, am I wrong to say that Elohim is kind of our closest thing, like war, descriptor for it would be deity? Yes. And then the structure I- of angels and God and Yahusha, you know, Yahweh and and Yahusha, or God and Jesus, if you're in a modern-day American church, um, and angels, would almost be that same structure. Just we don't consider angels gods. But back then, for their language, the, the deciphering term wasn't necessarily a different word. It was the punctuation of the word, punctuation, grammar of the word. Like Elohim was Yahweh. And then the angels would have been elohim with the you know not capital is it
1: yeah yeah well and there's no capital in the hebrew especially in the ancient hebrew um there's no punctuation either so like modern hebrew what we call hebrew today is very different than the hebrew that the most of the ancient texts were written in okay. um, Paleo-Hebrew or Ancient Hebrew and that's one of the cool things about the Sefer um, there's been, I was told out there there's been more book burnings for the Sefer than any other sort of Bible that's probably ever existed um, because a lot of people think it's heresy but the, the man and the group that put it together their study of Ancient Hebrew was the essence of, of how they did the entire thing not modern Hebrew Cause there's a lot of people that put out Bibles based on modern Hebrew. And modern Hebrew is like a revived, revamped version with added vowel markers and things that can actually change what words mean yep. from what they fundamentally meant in the first place. Um, a simple one just to throw out there people that know the Bible will know Adam and Edom. Adam is the first man ever created, and Edom is the nation that came out of Esau, Jacob's brother. Mm hmm. Very, very different. they both mean read fundamentally. Come from the exact same Hebrew letters, but extremely different meanings. So the context really matters in the Hebrew language. Um, and that's why they added the vowel markers to, to do that. So like show people the context to change the way that it's pronounced or whatever. But sometimes that can mess up what it actually meant if it's not done properly. So in the Sefer, they really started, studied the ancient text, the ancient language, and tried to get the fundamental meaning of what was actually being said in the ancient Paleo-Hebrew. And that's why they used the Hebrew names, because they feel that that portrays the true meaning more than the English text. So like um, but like what you were saying about Elohim and it referring to the Creator or referring to like angels, it's really, for the modern English speaker, it's uppercase God- Uppercase G God or lowercase G God is the essential understanding of what you're saying. And that's why you have um modifiers on there like El Elohim, which would mean like the mighty God. Right. El Shaddai, God Almighty. El Elion, the most high God. So I differentiate like they they added that often. Um, like I think it was El Shaddai that Abraham generally called God. He didn't know him by name, he called him El Shaddai. Um, yeah, so so that's a little bit of a background there. The other thing about the sefer um, is sefer means scroll. Actually, fundamentally it means a roll, which is a scroll that only has one thing to roll it up, not two. Right. Um, but it's, it's the Hebrew word for book. Like it would now be understood as a book if you said a sefer. The reason it's called the Sefer is because it's based on the ancient Hebrew, uh, the understanding of the ancient Hebrew, as far as they can tell. And Bible comes from biblios in the Greek, which means book. So, like, people have this huge problem. I've, you know, I've been told I'm in a cult because I, I read out of the Sefer, and I'm like, it will, it means the same thing the Bible does. <laughs> it's an understanding. Um, I can't and I read normal, you know, normal English Bibles too. So, it's not like yeah. it's.
0: I can rant about how religious people get triggered by certain words as much as I can rant about my issue with the moon right now. And I'm not going to do it. You didn't it. even get into that yet. No, I don't even know if I'm going to because we've run a completely different way. People are going to have to wait for my irrational rant about the moon. But it's just it. <laughs> the only thing that it makes me more angry right now is when I'll say something and... I just, I have this belief that magic and miracles run off of the same physics mechanic. I I just do. And the difference is intent, you know, and it's kind of like witchcraft. Like we label so many things witchcraft, but I've even said it to some, some people and they're like, that's witchcraft. I was like, well, good witchcraft or bad witchcraft. They're like, it's all bad. Like, is it though? Is that, Uh, you know,
1: it it depends on intent. It depends on where the power is coming from, but it's fundamentally, this is the cool thing about the time that we live in. And as we get into dimensions and stuff deeper, some of these things will come up and I'm sure there's listeners that understand this more than we do. Like, right. But it's quantum physics. It's all quantum physics.
0: Oh, that's become huge. Our friend, you know, mutual friend now, uh, Jenny, She's been talking about uh, quantum physics quite a bit, and it's spirituality, man. Like it's it's science finally acknowledging spirituality for. I mean, and, and I'm going to say for what it deserves to be, and it's it's not that yet, but it's getting closer to that. It really is.
1: When it's literally we're starting to understand that spirituality. Like we have this term spirituality that really just means using understanding of higher dimensions to change the three-dimensional world. Right. That's what miracles are. And that's also what witchcraft is. And like, like I said, it depends on intent. It depends on what source you're using and what you're tapping into. Like, are you using the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim? Or are you using nature energy? Or are you using your connection with the creator? Because all three of those things are going to be different
0: outcomes and see that's another reason saying? i like talking about this with you is because when i say intent that's what i mean but it's just it's not descriptive enough so then you explain it like that and i'm like yeah yeah that's what i meant but but i'm glad that you explained it like that because then you know it changes it kind of washes away some of the confusion of of the, you know listeners might have when i'm i'm not smart enough so
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, that's good because I actually never really knew exactly what you meant when you said intent. Because you say intent, and I'm like, yeah, but like you can intend to do good and do harm in the process. So like you got to be careful with intent, you know? Yeah. (laughs) No, it's. Do you want me to explain the separate anymore, or do you want to jump into Genesis one?
0: Oh, I think you've. Do you have more to explain about it? Because like I think just a book.
1: Yeah, it's a book. (laughs) Well, no, the the. the, you yeah, know, they call it the different books in in it. Um, just a quick, like, I don't even remember the exact number that's in there. Um, and I can hopefully defuse some angry Christians on this quickly. In the normal canon of scripture that we have in the West, there's 66 books of the Bible. Yep. Um, I hate to tell you people, but in the Old Testament, there's about that many alone in the Hebrew Bible. Oh wait, no, sorry. I've got that mixed up actually. There's significantly less if you use the Hebrew reckoning of it. There's like 40-something, I think, or 50-something. Because there's no first and second Samuel. There's right. no Samuel. There's, there's no first and second Kings. There's just Kings. There's no first second Chronicles, you know, all that stuff. And so their reckoning is completely different. So throw your number out the window. Don't worry about the number. Stop getting um, triggered. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Life is about getting over your triggers and expanding your mind. Um, there are certain books in there like Jubilees and Enoch and the, what they call the Apocryphal Books. The Apocryphal Books have always been in the Catholic text. Um, Jubilees and Enoch have always been in the Ethiopian text.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And there are people in the Ethiopian church that claim to be able to trace their lineage back to the Levites. Mm. So, it might be that most of these books that are in here that have been in their Bible all along and were taken out of ours were supposed to be there. Right. You can do with that as you will. You can look into it. You don't have to call it Holy scripture if you don't want to, but there are things to learn out of Enoch, especially the book of Enoch. Like the book of Enoch is all over the new Testament. And until you read it, you don't see it other than in Jude, Jude literally quotes it. And he says when Enoch said, and he wrote about in his book, pretty much like it's, Right there yeah. um, But Peter quotes Enoch a lot As well Yep. Um, so just to kind of Throw that out there Like there's There's a reason For all these extra books There's a lot You read some of them And you really see Why they were taken out Some of them were taken out Of the Hebrew Bible Before Christianity um, Before Jesus even came And it, It's It make priests look bad Like they show How priests Could manipulate people If they want to yeah, and like warn you to hold them accountable and make sure that they're not doing these things. And I'm like, Oh, I see why that can be taken out because so that gives you more power over people.
0: Yeah. You know? That's what, um, I mean, that's when the matrix that I talk about was being built. You know, the matrix isn't actually a computer program that is, you know, we're all plugged into, but it's this structure of deception. And it was happening back then. And it started with contr- controlling the people. By people, do will
2: you
1: know? be so sure about okay. the computer,
0: curve. Well, I mean, and there's a <sighs> there's there's that too, but there's also the. I like how Matthias Di Stefano says it, and he says there there is a matrix. There's definitely a matrix. He's like, but there's multiple matrices. There's a matrix that is more of a power structure, and there's the original matrix. He's like, the third dimension is a matrix. The The way the flow of time is a matrix, the way that we perceive it, that is a matrix. But it was a matrix that was built by the Creator for a purpose, and it's been messed up since, you know. And and he has nothing to do with religion at all. And you know that's how he, that's how he. I, I reference a lot of that in my puzzle piece of a belief system. What he says because it makes too much sense. There's too much sense of stuff that he says.
1: Well, yeah, like this past summer, I was, I did a brief, you know, surface level study of quantum physics because in our in depth homeschooling education, we never got that. Nothing. (laughs) any homeschoolers. (laughs) Um, And it was fascinating because I just saw the Bible all over. And like this is, it was a book pretty much written by an atheist to like, he was an atheist scientist who was just writing like a basic understanding of quantum physics for people who wanted to get into it from a non-scientific background. And, um, I was amazed. So what, cause I was like, Oh, like that's how Jesus did that miracle. Like, Oh, that's like, it just all started to make sense. Especially like you walking know, on water, water into wine stuff like that. It's like, Oh, well that's really, if you could understand quantum physics and be able to, shift things on a quantum level that stuff's really easy i can't do that but right <laughs> it would be really easy you know um actually before not to prolong genesis but can i do a quick explanation of dimensions for people who don't have the the basic kind of layout um because this really helps me and i just listened to something else about it the other day that was about this and it really helped it make sense.
2: Yeah,
0: please do it.
1: so we live on a three-dimensional plane. We possibly live in the fourth dimension. Time might be the fourth dimension. Um, Einstein and others believe that time and space are kind of one of, like they're like a sheet that are together. And that's the the basic understanding of um, string theory is like everything's a sheet. And it's vibrations of the individual threads of this giant sheet that like fluxes and warps, and, and like something of a higher dimension is touching threads, which causes it to vibrate, which literally makes all matter that we see. Um, but so dimensions, we're going to go back to ba- pretty basic math. I'm not going to use a bunch of numbers, but you, know, you, know, if you go back to math class in your head real quick, you can figure this out. You have X, Y, and Z. Those are three different dimensions. You start with X, Um, we start with a point, so we take a pen, we put a point on a piece of paper, Um, we'll get to what we call the Flatlanders in a second, that's how they explain it in quantum physics for basic understanding. Um, So you start with a point, that point is one dimension, Mm -hmm. it's just a point, it is a spot, it is minute, tiny, pretty much nothing, but that is a dimension right there, that point, it exists, it's there. Consciousness. Yes, especially if you not. you've done a study into um, uh, sacred geometry. This is all the basic of that too, um, which is how they figured a lot of this stuff. Honestly, um, that that can get you really off into a really messed up place. You're not careful with it, but it's also fundamentally how the creator designed everything. So, right. So from that point, you take the x and you give a y axis. Move down the page, make another point, of a line in between the two. Well, now you have two dimensions. In a line, you can have...
0: Wait, what did you, you say it now, was? The second one was?
1: Um, y. You have X and Y. Oh, okay. Um, if you play Minecraft, this is how you find your way around your Minecraft world, too. Yeah. So, <laughs> you
0: know, that helps. It's, no, it's, it's funny because this is how <laughs> Matthias does it. He has a visual for it, too. And, um, he just, he doesn't use the X, Y and the math part, but he starts and he calls it consciousness, space, time, maybe it's space, time and matter. And those are the first four dimensions.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's basically the, uh, sacred geometry understanding. That's pretty much the same as that. Um, this is how like this is how coordinates work on a map and stuff like that. That's why I use this because yeah. I feel like like anybody can sit down with a piece of paper and map this out. So once you have X and Y, you have a two dimensional plane and you can pretty much make Mario or something like that. Side scrolling video game. It's all two dimensional. You know, they make it look 3d by adding layers of things behind and in front of things, but it's fundamentally two dimensional. Um, You add Z and that gives you a third dimension. So what you do from that is say, You started at X, you made a line over to Y, and you're gonna do a right angle straight up for Z. And now you have this right angle um, L shape, X, Y, and Z. From that, you can draw a cube that looks three-dimensional. You have everything you need for three dimensions now. You have um, length, width, and height that you get out of those three measurements. You get your X, Y, and Z axis, and you can get all three dimensions. That's what we fundamentally live in on a daily basis. The fourth dimension beyond that is hard to understand. And I, this is the part that was really interesting for me. And they they explained it by explaining Flatlanders. Mm-hmm. Flatlanders are a thought experiment where you think of, go back to Mario. He lives on a two-dimensional plane you know, before the Nintendo 64. Yep. <laughs> and he uh, runs left and right and jumps up and down. That's all he can do because he lives on a piece of paper. Fundamentally, Go to paper, Mario. You've already, idea in your head.
0: You're already moving uh, into my argument for Genesis 1-1. <laughs> perfect.
1: Yep. I figured this like it's a good setup, and I listened to something yesterday about it, and it was like a basic understanding of quantum physics on a biblical level. Yeah. It's super interesting, because he, he broke this back down. And I was like, this, is, this helps you understand so much better. And so, I'm going to explain God or angels interacting with the third dimension by explaining us interacting with little paper Mario Flatlander man. Right. So you've got a little thick dude on a piece of paper and he walks left and right and he can jump up and down, but it's all like flat, you know? Mm-hmm. And you look at it, you stand right there, you're you're right on top of it, But he can't perceive you because you're outside of the two dimensions that Flatlander lives in. Yep. You can interact with it by simply taking your finger and touching the piece of paper. Right. But all the Flatlander would see is the part of your skin that's on the paper. Yep. So it would just see a big blotch he would be like a, a big dot or a shadow. Think of a shadow real quick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you oh. touch it and you see a dot and it, he'd see this giant dot in the sky that just appeared like, what is that dark dot? That's really strange. Why is that there? Because it, he can't see the third dimension of your finger. Right. It doesn't exist in his world take that and move it one dimension up. When a higher dimension being interacts with our dimension, we see a shadow or a light. People have had a lot of experience. I used to see that shadow beings. I yeah. don't anymore. Um, but I always wonder, like, why does it look like a silhouetted shadow? Well, maybe that's because I can't see it because it's a fourth dimensional being, and that's the only part of it that I can see interacting with this dimension. Fourth or higher. Because it's touching... Yeah. Yeah. Because if they're higher dimensional, but they're touching our dimension, it's like reaching in to that, or reaching to that piece of paper and touching it. So like you can show up and you can manipulate it and you do all sorts of stuff, but I cannot even conceive the concept of what you are because I just see a shadow in our dimension. It's it's like, you know, our dimension can't fully comprehend what it is that's interacting with us. Well,
0: and get this this is a little bit of a rabbit trail but it's on the, the the mechanics of what you're talking about right now so we've we talked about how like our consciousness now our spirits can are like here in the 3D but also in, in the heavenly realms like that's, you know we talked about that at the beginning yeah I've been learning something about astral travers, travelers that people will think are ghosts but they're not they're people traveling in the astral to different places. And then we're perceiving them from that. But you got to think about it. If they're astral travelers, they don't have the body in here. So we're going to perceive them like everything that you just explained.
1: Yeah. Like a shadow.
0: So it's like a, yeah, exactly. Or what we'll say, you know, a spirit or whatever. Um, so I think that's, it's, it's really interesting that you explained it this way because i'm because i've been kind of learning a little bit more about that it's like not everything's going to be that because before I, I was i was on this belief system that ghosts spirits anything like that were angels or demons and then i kind of evolved that into the spirits of the the fall like the the word the nephilim um it's hard for me to kind of explain it but then to learn that there's people out there that are believing this other stuff. And I'm like, I could understand that. And from my own, and this is where people, I'm going to lose people. From my own astral astral travel, like where I, I told you, like there was a spiritual world that I was in. That was yeah. kind of like.
1: I can explain that but once you're done. I, I learned about that today. It's really
0: interesting. Yeah. And I want to hear it and I'll make this brief. I just want to explain it for people you know, when I would astral travel, it's like I was in the spiritual world that didn't have the man-made stuff really, but it was the world that I knew it. Like it was the outdoors, like the trees were there, the land was there, stuff like that. The landmarks were there. You could see where the man-made stuff had been formed, like, you know, the ditches and, and the roadways, but the the man-made stuff wasn't actually there, you know, because it wasn't, quote unquote natural i guess or wasn't spiritual or i don't know
1: wasn't alive
0: (laughs) right exactly so that would make sense like i'm thinking i'm in this completely different dimension that just looks like this or like a like a like a shadow or mirror but i think i was just in the world like we see now just i was out of the dimension, you know, just I don't know, it's hard for me yeah. to explain, but I'll, I'll, I'll let you explain it because you explain things a lot better.
1: Well, dude, it, this blew my mind today. I was doing this, going through this teaching that is setting me up for like the, the stuff I'm going to work on. And like, um, he talked about astral projection, and the guy that's teaching it thinks that astral projection is not something we should do. Oh. And I think I believe that and agree with that. Oh. I'm not telling you or anyone else what to do, but, um, something that's set up before is that so you have a spirit, um, and you have a soul, your soul is your conscious mind and your subconscious, your spirit is super conscious or unconscious. It's like beyond either side. Um, your spirit can travel through the spirit realm, can be seated in the heavens and with your body at the same time. These are all spiritual understandings. There's all sorts of scripture about that kind of stuff. Um, you can be seated with Christ in heaven and in your body on the earth at the same time. So your spirit's a, a crazy thing you can dimensionally travel and be in separate places at the same time. you can do all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. Your soul, your spirit is of ethereal in nature. It's not made out of the substances of the 3D. It's something beyond that. So is your soul. But your soul lives in your body. Right. Your soul can leave your body. It does it while you're dreaming at times. Um, and you can train yourself to do it. Transcendental meditation, um, actual projection, that kind of stuff. Is, it's Which I think is kind of one of the same. It's just how you get to it, whatever. Um, right that's where this silver cord connection to the body comes in. That's your soul leaving your body. and Your soul is still connected to your body. The astral plane is the three-dimensional world, but on the other side of the veil. Hmm. Super interesting. Like this kind of blew my mind, but it makes so much sense. It kind of helps things fall into place for me. It was, it's not a different dimension. The astral plane is not a different dimension. Hmm. It's within the three-dimensional world, but it's like if you touch the other side of the paper, if we were those, those 2D beings on the paper, you're like on the other side of the paper where you're like almost to the fourth dimension, mm. but you're still on the paper, you know? right? So it's your ethereal body, your soul, which is, it's not the same ethereal substance as your spirit, but it's not made of physical things. You know, it's kind of the spirit in between whatever interacts with both. You're moving within that ethereal world that is like the energy world of the third dimension. It's, it's really interesting. But like you, you explained that to me exactly when you explained to me astral projection what you saw, um, where you were like moving on the energy plane. That is the astral realm. That's where people often move through while they're dreaming. You can also be in actual different dimensions while you're dreaming through your spirit. But your soul can be in that that ethereal astral realm that while makes you're
0: dreaming. So much sense, and I have to interject because these other yeah, like dreams or visions that I have, like the ones that I have in dreams, I'm not always in that astral place. I've had the astral in actual dreams, but it's usually that in between that I that I say, you know, when I try to meditate myself to sleep, I'll try to go there. And um, there was one time I went there in the dream and that was that first time when i told you i felt like Yahweh pulled me out of my body and said heal like just be here don't go far yeah but you know be here and then i found out it was during a full moon and that was the only time it's ever happened to me in a dream other visions i've had while dreaming are completely different locations and that's when i think that i've i've been in contact with yahusha or um like we were talking earlier, like we think maybe Yahweh was pre-incarnate Yahusha. So maybe it was the father. I was, that did, they were different. Like I've never seen the father in one of any of any of the visions, astral, anything, but I have seen who I'm believing is Yahusha multiple times. Um, and we'll have conversations, and we'll be in different places. It's usually a natural-looking place, but it'll be different places, and it's just not the same. It doesn't look the same. It doesn't feel the same. In some cases, it almost feels more like being awake than the astral plane does. The astral plane has, and it makes so much sense now, has like this, you know, how you can do like a negative on your photos. Yeah. That's what that the astral plane kind of is like for me, but then once it's actual, like a, a dream vision, it's different. It's not that way.
1: It's almost like we live in the world of matter and the astral plane is the anti-matter version. Well, or something. I yeah. don't know if that's true, but like it feels almost like where it's like, like you said, it's like the negative. It's like, and, and not negative in like a, it's, it's completely bad kind of way like negative as in like the
0: opposite like photographic way you know when you have you see the photographs like every you know exposure has a negative and it's not actually negative it's just the opposite side of duality and that's kind of where um it comes into where the second dimension comes from how matthias puts it is the original Way that we went from consciousness Or what people would consider God or the creator It's like well what was there First what well, was him well okay But where no it was just him It was just him it was one dimension It was just him and his conscious Consciousness and then We get a second dimension Because Of duality So it splits and then There's what people can call good or evil But it's more of a positive or negative There's not really a good or evil it's just there's a, all of a sudden a balance, a duality, And I'm going to take it here, and if you need to go back to something because I didn't let you finish, go ahead. But I literally think that is what Genesis one one tells us. And if you look at the equation, like you said it, or the the um, illustration, how I saw it, is that is the very that is the beginning of the whole thing. Is there is only one. And the way they illustrate it is it's like a cell. There's nothing but this cell. And they're calling it consciousness. And to split into second dimension, that consciousness becomes duality. And it splits just like a, a cell, like in our bodies does. Now there's two. And that's two dimensions. It's the duality. And I think that's what's being told in Genesis one one, The very beginning of the scripture, the very beginning of the Bible. In the beginning... Elohim created the heavens and the earth. It's the duality. Boom. It's a split right there. First words. What do you think of that?
1: <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> Your silence worries me. Cause you're going to be like, no stupid.
1: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm actually, I, I pulled out. Hey, I don't know. The problem is I've I've seen so many different things in Genesis one that like I completely agree with what you're saying and I also like have completely different understandings of it. So <laughs> it's weird.
0: That's why you're um, here. <laughs>
1: well, I know, but I, like I don't want to get off into La La Land too far. Like I want something coherent. Um, oh, thanks. So yeah, I, I see. I, I mean, that's exactly. It, that's the same as the um bigger geometry explanation I, I have my notebook where i've got all this stuff drawn out i've got all these like circles and lines and yeah. and, math and stuff all, all over the place that's why one of these my days notebook. when
0: we're going to be in the same place i'm going to show you that episode because you're going to be like yeah, yeah yeah that's it because when i see it this way but then you explained it that way and i'm like no that's the same thing <laughs> like yeah like you know you're explaining it and I don't want to I don't want to I mean I don't want to label it but you're kind of explaining it from a logic way and I'm explaining it for more of like a, a non-logical way I don't know how else, how else to say it <laughs> but a
1: spiritual uh, emotional understanding like more of a uh,
0: left brain right right brain situation you know yeah yeah because that's the thing
1: yeah it definitely is and that's which is funny because people that don't know me would think i'm a uh, right brain person because of my music playing and things, but I'm so much more of a left brain dominant person um it's always logic
0: and I can say that and and I can say that i i believe that, but you know i've had i've known you for a couple of years so
1: yeah like <laughs> thirty one um <laughs> So yeah, anyway, back to what you're saying. In the beginning, Elohim created the heavens and the earth. You have one, he gets two, or becomes two, creates two. So you start from a single point. It it goes back to like what I was saying. You start from a single point, you have a line. In the sacred geometry thing, you start with one, a point, you make a circle from that point. And then Mm -hmm. off of the side of that circle, you make another circle. That gives you the Vesica Pisces, which you get most of our basic mathematical understanding, algebra and things from, from the Vesca Pisces.
0: That's another thing though, is I don't think a lot of people really understand and I didn't I don't know if I necessarily did until just now. But the in the beginning, the first like verses of Genesis, that's pre day one times not there yet. That dimension is not there yet. Um I had more of it to add to that, but it's really, you know, that like where you were getting at, where there's that the, there's the spot, there's dimension one, consciousness, god, x-axis or whatever, and then it moves and it's you know, the line, and that's dimension two. Okay which would be breaking into the duality with the heavens and earth. Then it hits dimension three, which I'm trying to, I'm trying to decide if that in the scripture, where's that in the scripture, the darkness or the
1: deep. Yeah. No, it's the darkness and the light. Um, so that was would- thats the next step, and, and the understanding that I was talking about it goes through like a seven-day cycle, um, each day being a step within the creation of the uh, the seed of life and stuff like that. But like, I see exactly what you're getting at because you have you have the single point creating to becoming two, um, and it says in Genesis two, and the darkness is. Or, and they earth just without form and void, and darkness is upon the face of the deep. Um, and that whole thing, like verse one and the first half of verse two, is a a whole doctrine that can be talked about for years. And a lot of theologians are starting to come around to pre-Adamic um, races. That like this is when the angels were created. The other Elohim. This is when other races were created, possibly a whole worlds lived and died thousands of years worth of time and things, all of those two verses. Right. Um, and there's a lot of other things in the Bible that point towards that. Um, that's heresy in a lot of places. I find it interesting at least. Um, but anyway, moving on from there, darkness is upon the face of the deep and the Ruach Elohim, where the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And Elohim said, let there be light. And there was light. And Elohim saw the light, that it was good. And Elohim divided the light from the darkness. And Elohim called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. So I think what you have there, by creating light, is a vibrational force that's put out through all creation. The light and the darkness are made in this duality. The one repulses the other one exists where the other doesn't one where one is another can't be. And in this process, you have the first day because that movement of energy, that creation of light and dark creates your day and night cycle.
0: Well, and I think also I'm,
1: that would be time.
0: Well, but the light would be matter too. Because everything yeah. is energy in some w- way, shape, or form, which at its, I guess you can say, purest form is light. Right? It's like a wavelength frequency.
1: Um, it's actually sound.
0: Yeah. We've talked about that a little bit. But, but it's but. the same thing.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> it is. <laughs> yes. But, um, I would argue that Heavens and earth are also, you know, mass and things like you said. But, but can I don't know. You keep, Can like, mass? Say, What's your thought
0: process? Well, I'm thinking like is is mass even possible without the time part of it? Because without the time, there's nowhere for the light to go. So I feel like there's so this, multiple this, things this, happening. I've been trying
1: there. to figure that out for a very long time. So.
0: Well, and that's kind of what I'm, what I was thinking when I started to look because I didn't get much further than where we are right now. Um, every time I tried okay. to look into this over the last week and a half, and I felt like in this area, it's talking about multiple dimensions being created almost at the same time. Like time is one um, of them. Matters another one. You know.
1: What is time? Hmm. <sighs> I asked that because it's something I contemplated recently and actually came up with a um, description of time for my own thought process. And it's very hard to describe time without using time to describe time. Right. Um, and you can't, like, if anyone's ever watched What is a Woman, you, you can't use the term to define the term. It doesn't work.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing is, it's a thing. I don't like the people time is a construct time is a man made like, well, no, we labeled it like everything else, but it's a part of existence. Is it a, is it, it's fully its own thing? Maybe not. Maybe it's attached to
1: space as well, or. Well, and that's what Einstein was arguing. And from my understanding, he went to the grave, not sure about it, but arguing that time and space are fundamentally intertwined and, and, Time is not its own dimension, but is a part of the dimension we live in. And that each higher dimension would have its own time-like structure that is interwoven within it. And
0: I always consider whatever dimension makes this the third dimension is what holds time.
1: That's kind of what I always thought, too.
0: And it's kind of but like the there's, there's a
1: cat. Of time a, totally different.
0: Right. Well, and the way that I see it is to, to dumb it down to my level is there's a cat which is a full thing, and then there's a cat's tail, and time is the cat's tail. It's part of it, but it's not the whole thing. And we 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 want to label it as as its whole thing, but it's not. It's part of the space time, maybe even more than that thing. Yeah, you know. I
1: just, so it's always twitching around and doing its own thing, and acts like it has its own brain.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's not where I was going with the whole tail thing. I was just going with <laughs> the fact that it's only a part of a whole concept, you know. Yeah. And and we we want to call it its its own thing. It's it'd be like saying that my hand is a being. No, it's part of a being, but it's not its own being. You know what I'm saying? It's it's part of the whole yeah. concept of what is Mitchell.
2: Yeah.
0: You know. I sometimes I got to preschool it down like that, man.
1: <laughs> <Fun>. <laughs> I, uh, I'll get into that in a second. Let me, let me say what I came up with. See if I can explain it. Yeah. Um, and if this even makes sense, this is just me sitting having too much time on my hands. <laughs> so, <laughs> time is the progression of moments and actions. Moments being the current point of consciousness. The actions being the things done in those moments. Time is the constant action of entropy and regeneration. So basically what I'm trying to say in that is that as a conscious being, which actually involves being something beyond the third dimension, because oh. if your mind and your spirit is ethereal and not made of the substance of the three dimensions, then that means, our perception of the third dimension is what creates time, in the sense. Okay. Which quantum physics talks about as well, but so the consciousness in the moment can then look at what's happening in the moment, and then moment by moment that creates time. So each conscious moment that's comprehended creates a stream of time moving forward. Um, entropy and regeneration is, is the fact that, like all things in the three D world, are constantly falling apart and rebuilding themselves. Right, which is life and death. It is movement of energy. It is all of that, and so I think that is a marker of time more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Is nothing is nothing in the three dimensional world isn't falling apart.
0: I like, like the part. is breaking out. I like the part where you said it was like a moment and then a moment and then a moment and then a moment. Like that's what, what time is. And it's kind of like, what I got from that is time is flip animation.
1: It's like a stack. Well, <laughs> so, so stack of moments. Is, the thing I was listening to yesterday. Um, I can't remember the guy's name. There's something that he's named after, but time. Well, first he found that temperature doesn't move in a linear, linear motion. It jumps in little steps. Mm-hmm. It, they're really tiny, like it's, you know, like, billionths or millionths of a degree or something at a time, but once you get down to that really low level, it doesn't go one, two, three, four, five. It jumps in, like, groups of, like, multiples. And I, he didn't explain exactly that because it's, like, so minute and so tiny, but they found that it jumps in chunks. It's not linear. It's, like, flip motion. Yeah. And time is the same way. They found that when you... When you measure time, you get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Time isn't linear. It's not flowing like a river like we like to think it is. It's jumping page to page, moment to moment. Well, Like there's a certain FPS of time.
0: Right. Well, and I think that's what causes so much emotional damage with a lot of people too. Is we are, it's not that, and this this is difficult because at some point you do have to think about the future a little bit and remember the past to a point but this is where trauma messes with people is that's when you're literally getting stuck in an anchor of a past moment that doesn't exist anymore and you're just leaking the energy in your spirit in it and it just it wears people down you're not meant to be that way you're not built to to do that and it's something that that's why Emotional healing is is So important Is because the way Space, time and existence works And the way that every part Of our bodies work Spiritual, you know, emotional Soul, spiritual, physical It's just not meant to be that way We are here right now And it's like They say, you know That's why it's called the present or whatever I don't know I'm going to start rambling But like that's that's how I, I kind of see that coming out of it too. And that's what depression is is you literally have an energy leak or, say in another term, a spirit leak that's connected to a past point in time, a past moment that just doesn't exist anymore. So it's just it's just a leak. And you you get low and it causes things like depression. And then you start to cause other things like in the, in an affects your physical and in yeah. everything. So
1: which has to do with soul fragments and things like that, that we'll talk more about in the future that are, um, cause when you're traumatized, when you deal with intense pain, emotional or physical, you actually fracture It's where the term brokenhearted comes from your yep. heart being your subconscious. So you fracture and a piece of you stays there to protect you. And the rest of you tries to move on. And it's, it's really something that was put into us by the creator. So we could function in really horrible situations.
0: The thing is, you're never fully disconnected. Like
1: you're you're never fully disconnected, but you also, you can be consciously disconnected. Right. But then that thing comes back up and that's And you can like, you'll start to use it to deal with pain and stuff, but then that'll throw you into depression every time it comes up because all that pain comes back. Cause you haven't dealt with any of it. You just stuff it down. And it's like that thing that only comes up to take more pain and then go away. Uh-huh. Yep. And so it's almost like a bottle that fills up with pain that just hits you harder and harder every time it comes back up until you can't function. You know,
0: I kind of see it as like little energy bombs and it's, something happens so you leave it there and it's energy that's that's part of your spirit that's part of you so you fracture and you leave it there and then something triggers you as you move forward and it and it brings it back up it's like you go back there well you have that energy that you didn't deal with you just left it there so now you have to start from square one you don't want to so as soon as you start feeling it again you leave it there again and you try to walk away from it again and and something happens and it reminds you of it and you go back there well it's still right where you left it it doesn't change what after you leave it there and <laughs> i i got us uh, like way off course here i think <laughs> <laughs> talking about emotional things but i mean it, it's it really is all connected like we're, it's not like we're talking about a completely different existence like all of this is connected and that's why it's it, it works on the mechanics of each other but mm-hmm. you know it's just it's not something you can just ignore when we when we get into that how many how many dimensions because we we left off at left off at genesis 1 5 right
1: um yes
0: How many dimensions do you think we've covered in five verses? Three. Only three? You really think it's only three?
1: (laughs) Well, it depends on how we look at it. Because, again, in the first two verses, we might have talked about many rising and falling worlds. So uh, (laughs) Hmm. I I think fundamentally you have the, the one becoming two, creating two. And then, I mean, I guess light and darkness and then possibly time after that, you could be talking five. Um, how many dimensions do you think there are? I've heard a
0: really good argument for 16. And hmm. the only being that currently... um experiences that are the like would be the creator. He's the only one that's reached all the way to 16. Um I I almost think it could be more, and I don't have a good argument for that. That's something that I read and I forget because that's what I do. Um I do know that there was more recently it was Harvard or Stanford or something. There were neuroscientists and, you know, brain doctors and they found through different testing of physical people and their brains um that there's basically a dimension just in our heads and it's quantum and and all of this but it's like a, a whole universe exists inside of our brain yeah and When they put these into, I don't know if they use the term quantum computer or supercomputer or what they did. They put these into computer programs and ran tests on them. They found that using the mechanics that we know about exist, we can expand what all of our physical brains come with to up to 16 dimensions. They haven't been able to pinpoint any more than one in physical subjects. But once they put them in this computer, it is possible for them. And I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what it feels like. I don't know what it sounds like. But they said that they could possibly generate up to 16. And it felt more to me like those are our are the sixteen levels that we can access and once you get to that and that's the whole created in in the creator's image and how I feel Yahweh show was the one that was being um he was at that point of, of ascension where he was becoming going up that ladder of dimensions and that's kind of all of our purpose is to do that. Um maybe i don't know i'm not 100 percent there but um like and that's where that's where i'm still anchored to reincarnation because it's like you don't get to the next level until, until you learn your lesson in this one and you get stuck i know that you've learned a lot more too and i like to hear what you say about those but um i'm still stuck in this little belief bubble that that's kind of The structure of 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 how it's working and then i think the purpose might be once you get to top tier you start a new thing and that's where multiverse comes in maybe i'm really not sure but that's way down the pipeline for anything i can comprehend it's just a fleeting thought
1: yeah so along those lines um One of the things I've listened to that you mentioned the multiverse. So that came up now in my head is like, (laughs) um, the difference between higher dimensions, lower dimensions and parallel dimensions. Um, I know very, very little about parallel dimensions, even less than I know about the other two, which I don't know that much about the other two, but, um,
0: is this timelines dimensions or are they the same thing?
1: Yeah, they're pretty much the same thing. Like, (laughs) different timelines, parallel dimensions, like, pretty much the concept that, like, there's a very real concept that there could be a different Earth with a different Mitchell, Lucas, O'Brien, who aren't even related, um, but look just like us. But, like, have their own soul and spirit, possibly. But it's almost like at every decision that every person ever made was made differently. It plays out in a different way or something. And it's like, what creates that? Is that true? Like, nobody knows, so like, that'd be a parallel dimension versus a higher dimension where a higher dimension is like where you're adding dimensions onto the one that we have. Like we talked about earlier, where you go from the third to the fourth, to the fifth, to the sixth, to the seventh, you
0: know, I think that's is what that I right was right? just trying to, yeah, I think that's what I was just trying to kind of say when I thought the, the multi dimension thing, that wasn't supposed to make noise. Um, but <laughs> um, is as soon as you reach that, and I'll use the word that people can under, or not understand, but that people know that nirvana of getting topped tier into dimensional levels is that's when you make your parallel dimension. Existence uh, I kind of like to use the word existence more like this whole everything that is here is is this existence. could there be other existences? Maybe there are other Elohim that have made it there and have started their own, but I think that might also come from this this lingering belief from later in Genesis when it talks about the earth being what is it formless?
1: formless
0: and void. Yeah. I think that might be my... uh, Yeah. Because didn't you say like there's... You've talked to me about it before and said it's more of desolate and destroyed instead of formless and void. Something like
1: that? The um, Hebrew term is something along the lines of Tohu Babohu which means something like um, desolate and destroyed more than foremost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's other words that people use, but it, it, it portrays the idea that the earth was taken from something that was fruitful and obliterated, um, almost like a nuclear blast or something was like destroyed it. Like it was, at one point, something good that was then just completely like ground down, and all life was gone on it. Is kind of the concept that comes from the Hebrew, from my understanding.
0: Fast forward to the other end of the scriptures, and what is it supposed to say that's going to happen?
1: The judgment of fire, and when there's a new heaven and new earth created after this one destroyed,
0: <laughs> sounds kind of like a cycle system.
2: Hmm.
1: And I've, I've been along the same thought process. I don't know if I'm currently there, but you know, who knows where I'll end up on that. Um, because like, there's definitely something to looking at in the new Testament when it talks about the body of Christ and being a, a part of the body of Christ, how we're all pieces of the same body and how we're all coming to maturity. That's a term thrown around a lot too. And so there's, there's some interesting concepts that you can get from that. Um, and there's definitely been some interesting sects of, um, Christianity that have come out of some of those thought processes throughout the ages. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, there's something to it and it is interesting. Um, cause kind of last summer I was toying with the idea that like Jesus was, kind of like we said earlier like there's a pre-incarnate him which is like spirit him Mm -hmm. and when the spirit came upon men to guide them and direct them and do things like that could have been him um, guiding and directing and doing things so that he could come into maturity just as humankind comes into maturity so that they can become the body of like the consciousness body of him to all come together in maturity to then be like Their creator and then create a new creation
0: Kind of like you were saying if that made any sense? No it did When I hear you say it It sounds like it's kind of happening as a collective Which for some Like kind of But I also think that it's We do it on an individual basis And that's where my reincarnation belief comes in But Mm -hmm. It does kind of come to another belief that I have Where it comes to higher self um, and some people want to say higher self is a form of higher power or creator, or that's what God is. And I don't think it's the case. I think it's it's possible that it exists because what we're saying with Yahweh from the Old Testament being pre incarnate or Yahusha, I'm getting tired. Uh, <laughs> is that? his spirit self was interacting with the existence before he was here physically, um, as Yahusha. And there's something sticking inside of me that believes when we pass on and before we came here, we were in, we'll call it a dimension. Those, that word's starting to blur for me after this whole talk. Um yeah. we're in a dimension where time as we know it doesn't exist. Maybe it doesn't exist at all, but it doesn't exist the way that we experience it here. Um so if we die and our spirits move on to this other dimension that doesn't have time, I'm already there. That's already happened.
2: Mm-hmm. It
0: hasn't happened here for me like yet because I haven't reached that part of this, you know, conveyor belt we're on or however you want to flip animation that we're in, but I'm already there. So I feel like that belief of higher self for myself is also kind of what we were talking about with the whole pre-incarnate Yahusha. And then he came here and, you know, that kind of situation. So,
1: yeah, that's about what I got. I ran out of steam. <laughs> but I think what you're saying, and from my understanding, what I've come to is that it, what you're talking about is the spirit. Mm-hmm. we a made body, soul, and spirit. And so you've got... ethereal soul that lives in the body, the spirit, which is connected to all of it, but like I said earlier, the spirit, the Bible says it can be seated in the heavenly places while it's still with us here. So the spirit can be in multiple places. If the spirit can be, if the human spirit, the spirit of Lucas can be seated next to Jesus in heaven, that means that that spirit is not held by time. Right. And that's where I, I was really fighting with the higher self concept this summer and you know, what do you do with the Holy spirit and all that is like a believer and like, and the conclusion I've come to recently with some of this teaching that I've, I've been going through is that I really think the concept of the higher self and you have to be careful because I think you could be contacting something that's trying to, to, uh, deceive you. But generally like what we think of as the higher self or a spirit guide or something that like comes to us to guide us and direct us. That is actually pure and true is actually our own spirit. Right. Because our own spirit knows who we are. Our own spirit can direct us to the, who we are when we die, just well, as it can guide us through who we are when we're young. Here's where it's not found by that.
0: Here's where it gets hairy too, is If everything came from this one point of consciousness from the very beginning when there was one dimension then yes that spirit that we have is god but i also believe it's been divided up kind of like how cells the cells i think it's it's mirrored in how our physical bodies work and cells how they replicate and they split into an individual so we get to be a self, it, but we are him because we're made out of him. Type of a situation.
1: Let me see. I said we'd go to John at some point. Um, Let's I think do it. That's where. in. which one? Um, there's so many. There's only four <laughs> of them. Um, uh, not first John. John one. Regular John one. Um, I do like how
0: the sapper breaks them up. And puts them all in their own little section.
1: Yeah, and, but they're all, <laughs> right, yeah. All the Johns are in a row instead of being separated. Yeah,
0: so it's like there's pre-John, um, John 1, 2, 3, Revelation. And, and Revelation is just John 4, 5, yeah. actually.
2: <laughs>
1: John 5. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, actually, still so interesting thing to draw out there is that if the Gospel of John was written... By John, it may have been written after Revelation, and so Second and Third John were written after Revelation. Huh. So he had the visions of Revelation before he wrote First John, and if you know that going into reading First John, you read First John differently. That's all I'm going to say. Um, I have to. Do if that you way. read Revelation, I guess you have to read Revelation first, like a few thousand times. So that can start to make sense.
0: But yeah. It yet. The whole. It's cool, but it hasn't made sense to me yet fully. It, but. I've
1: had so many minor revelations by reading revelation that have nothing to do with what the book's actually about. It's yeah. kind of crazy. Um, but anyway, back to John, John one. Yes. I'm um, on John 1. I'm going to break some stuff down first. So um, most of the copies we have of John were in Greek. In Greek, they use the word logos instead of word. Right. So you'll hear me you say word, but it's the concept of Logos. And Logos is a very amazing, very, very deep Greek philosophical concept. It is just philosophical. It's philosophia, the wisdom, um, the understanding of wisdom, or however that breaks down, is like the study of Logos. Logos is the... Blueprint of all creation and the fundamental conscious um, power and understanding that all things came from and all things are made through and holds the entire existence together is the understanding of logos kind of it's like, it is the blueprint, it is the essence, and it is the law of all creation. So, when it says, in the beginning was the word, or in beginning was the Logos, that is the blueprint, the essence, and the law of all things. And the Logos, the word, was with Elohim, meaning the creator, father. And Elohim was the word. So, meaning they are together. They're They are one in the same, yet fundamentally their own at the same time. It was the Logos. The same was in the beginning with Elohim, meaning that this Logos was there at the beginning of all things. Like not, not the beginning of earth. We're talking the beginning of everything before angels and the universe and everything existed. So this all is that, things the end me, of the
0: Bible. And we are talking about stuff that happened at the beginning of the Bible.
1: Yep, exactly. <laughs> and this is, that's one of the things about understanding ancient Hebrew Thought process is that um, the end and the beginning mirror each other, and the most important point is generally in the very middle. And a lot of um, ancient Hebrew texts are written that way. Um, John writes like that sometimes. If you look in the original texts, I guess um, I read quite a few things about that. Where if you have sections of his books, that when you go to the center of it, it's like the most important point, and the start and the end kind of mirror each other as you look at it. Revelations like that. Um, fascinating. It, the whole Bible is like that. And revelation itself is like that. They just super cool. Um, Does that
0: connect with the whole, the alpha and omega comment? Yeah. You know,
1: like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> the beginning and the end, the first and the last, um, all of that. Yes. Um, so we go back and it says, in first John, 3, or not first John, John 1, yep. verse 3, all things were made by him, the Logos, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in darkness, and darkness can comprehend it and not, or could not comprehend it. Um, that goes back to that verse we read about light and darkness the light being made and separating the light and the darkness because where light is, darkness cannot be. He was that light. He is the light. Um, he is the life of man. So when it says later on that Elohim breathes the breath of life into man, he was that life, the logos. So again, the logos is the essence of all things. So like you were saying, fundamentally like God, the father, is kind of an unknown mystery. Um, and the New Testament says that if we know the Son, we know the Father. And to know the Father is to know the Son, and vice versa, and that's the only way we can know the Father. Um, Isaiah says that the Father is a all-consuming fire, and that pretty much, in essence, he can't interact with creation, because if he did, it would be completely consumed by his glory and power and essence because he is pure energy and vibration and light. Um, but I think what this is saying also is that if the son is the logos and he is one with the father, then all of everything is made up of that essence of the father. That is that light. And is that energy. Um,
0: I don't know where to go from there. Well, no. And it it makes sense. That's kind of what I was saying. It's like, you know, so look at childbirth. You know, it's a single cell that then then splits and 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 then splits. And that's kind of it's kind of what we're seeing here. And it becomes a a living conscious being. Um, just, I was trying to remember where it was. It's in one of the Johns where he, he talks about um, somewhere about the, the the light of the spirit or or something like that, and when it happens, and and the the science like just within the last couple of years realized that. When the sperm actually gets into the egg, there's a, a, they think it's a flash of zinc or something like that. But it's light that happens when yeah, an actual flash of light. Yeah. An actual flash of light, and they're trying to figure out what exactly it is. But it doesn't matter. It's a flash of light. And a lot of people actually
1: think that's like the soul or the spirit entering the body and the soul being created at that very moment.
0: And. I kind of have pondered that a little bit too. And you can't talk about that without talking about male and female genitalia. But like (laughs) (laughs) either the soul or the spirit travels through a portal inside of the man and mother earth who has the matter is the cell that splits and becomes the body. And I think we kind of see that when we go back to the scriptures, because Adam was made of dust. Earth. Yeah. From the earth. You know what I'm saying? And the Father breathed the Ruach, the Spirit, into him to give him life. Yeah. And it's just like
1: the seed of life was put into the vessel of the earth which then became man. And
0: it's like everything is just this this everything everything mirrors everything. Everything is different and it's all the same. Yeah.
1: Why? But, so the thing <laughs> you mentioned about um, going back to uh, sperm is that supposedly, scientifically, they found that not all sperm carries the spark of life. Right. But certain ones do. And like in testing, they can see which ones like can actually fertilize an egg because it carries the spark of life. Like Even a live sperm can get to an egg that doesn't carry the spark of life and doesn't create a new life. Hmm. But certain ones, and I believe from what I heard, I think they said they're like faintly bioluminescent. So they actually have a light to them. And they carry the spark of life. And when that hits the egg and they come together, a new light is created in that moment. Um, It's just, it's fascinating, but it's exactly, you go back to Genesis and it's what... what we talked about is creating the heavens and the earth. And then be- now that you have heaven and earth, heaven and earth can come together and that light can be formed. Mm-hmm. And that new creation.
0: It's like the same story all over the place. It just looks a little bit different, but it's not. And it's, it's telling us this is like an existential crisis. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I learned this last summer and you know how God taught it to me? How? Watching ducks.
0: Watching ducks. I like yeah, it when he does that. Exactly.
1: I like ducks and I was going for a walk and I didn't see them like breeding or anything, but there were male and female ducks. And I had raised a bunch of birds last summer for some people on a small farm and like studied it all and stuff. And he like between the Bible and the study of the birds and raising the birds and then just staring at these ducks in a river. He just like downloaded all this on me. It was amazing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And he's like, yeah, that's the blueprint. It's everywhere. And then it's like, I saw it in flowers. I saw it in trees. I saw it in living animals. I saw it in <laughs> the earth as a whole. I saw it in mankind. And, I mean, it was just amazing. Wasn't this it is,
0: like, Paul that blueprint. said something about like you look into nature and you can see, you know,
1: you'll know or something like that. It's
2: a few different
1: places in scripture. Um, that, and I think it was Paul who said that that no one has an excuse because nature itself shows the redemptive plan of God. Yep. And that if you looked at the nature around you, you would never need someone to tell you the gospel because you'd understand it by looking at the nature around you.
0: I think that's what you're experiencing.
1: But most of us don't ever actually take, ta- take time to look at the world around us and truly observe it.
0: The more I look at it too, the more I want to, I think about um, evolution. And obviously, like, nobody has the right timeline. We just don't. We don't know exactly what it is. They don't know exactly what it is. But I look at what atheists believe And I go, I think you're right But not all of it And I feel the same way about my belief system Is I think I'm right But not all of it And I just feel like they fit together And it's a situation of Trigger words And I mean, that's a big one That's just literally what divides all the religions pretty much like not all of them but a large majority of them is trigger words and um not wanting to take accountability for our actions not wanting to have that that higher power that can hold us accountable for our actions is kind of what's missing there and there's more than that but that's kind of like i'm pointing at atheists right now and going that's your problem which I shouldn't I shouldn't do. That's not right of me. But still I don't think that the common creationist I honestly don't think they even they're even close. But they have a different part that atheists don't have. But atheists have a little bit of a part that we don't have, you know. So Yeah.
1: yeah. And that's the cool thing about where we're at in history is scientific understanding is starting to, to align in the middle. Um, and I, I don't think science has the answers for everything. I mean, technically science does have the answers to everything. I don't think scientists and our scientific culture or whatever does have the answers to everything. I think if we did it properly and we were unbiased and stuff, it would all point to like what we needed to know and we could see it. But, um, because we're fundamentally, you're studying the blueprints of creation to try to understand it. And that will always lead back to the creator when you do it properly. And like panspermia is your thing in science now. Not all scientists agree with it, but like even a lot of evolutionary scientists, believe that the initial spark of life was planted here because it, it had to be. And then there was a higher intelligence that planted it here and set evolution. Into, into,
0: and they're calling uh, it alien, which no matter what, I guess kind of yeah. is, or a lot of them, I guess the creator wouldn't be alien if he's the one that created
1: it. But. well, it, So it literally is alien and extraterrestrial. And the reason being that alien is a, is a conscious being that's not a human. It's right. fundamentally what alien is. it's a a different conscious being. Well,
0: and then so, not from That's
1: kind of the point too. Well, and that's extraterrestrial is yeah. comes from somewhere other than the Earth. So, like, yeah, God in whatever form is both alien and extraterrestrial. That doesn't mean he's an alien, like a little gray alien. You know, like that's a that's a whole different <laughs> conversation, right? But. Fundamentally, like when you see angels in the Bible, they're both alien and extraterrestrial.
0: And I, I, and 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 that's the trigger word thing too, though, is it's all about wording. We're working off of what our language has to offer and we're getting hung up because I don't like your word, but it means the same thing as my word. You know what I mean?
1: Yes. And that's the biggest problem is, and fundamentally that, I mean, look at wars in the world and things like that. Like it's generally fought because we don't understand people. Cultures are slightly different. Languages are different. You know, somebody looks at you across the bar and says something that means, Hey dude, I like your hat. And you thought he said, you know, he wanted to punch your mom in the face or something. And then you get in a fight with him. And it's, hey man, it's I hate really your just, cat. Yeah. So, <laughs> so like, yeah, I like your hat. I hate your cat. Exactly the same thing, right? What did you say so, about mittens? You know, yeah. I, and the guys like, dude, they didn't say anything about mittens. What are
0: you talking bro, about? He said he likes your lion's <laughs> hat, bro. Like, come on.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And so then people get in fights, and then. You know, we do things like the Crusades and we kill people and we burn witches and we, like, you know, there are fundamentally things that are like, led by demonic spirits that are trying to harm mankind and hate mankind and are trying to destroy it. Those are bad we shouldn't do that, you
0: know. That's the point I wanted to bring up earlier, though, is kind of the Crusades thing. Like, that was a lot of manipulation to get the Christian label on that and i think part of it is this trigger word that i've dealt with personally is um how i believe the bible has been manipulated and that the canon 66 isn't all there and we started we kind of started with this we're going full circle and we're probably gonna have to wrap the podcast up soon but um i don't believe that it's the the canon 66 is the, the true full canon. And I don't even believe that it's translated properly anymore. And, um, talk to church going believers, uh, about that. And they will call you a lot of nasty things and get very angry with you, even though they're told they're not supposed to do that. Um, but I, I just have this belief that if I was a nefarious race force, whatever, and I was this darkness that wanted to take down the light and just deceive everybody. The first thing I would do is go after this manual on how people are supposed to live their lives and change it and chop it up and do anything I could for the people who believe that is the perfect word of God to somehow use it to cage them up. And oh, man, yeah. you can't say that because you believe that it's even possible. I'm like, look, I get it. Word of God, big deal. I don't think we're translating that properly either. And this, these are pages on a book. Like, the first thing they went for was that. I'm almost positive. And I think it Bro, and- shows... With the fact that there's 66 books in it. Like,
1: <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. And the thing, the thing about translation, and this, we touched on this earlier, like, you said something about, and I, I don't think you meant exactly what you said, but like, you said something about like the Sefer possibly being one of the best translations or something. And like, there's no good translation of the Bible. No, none of it was better English. translations than there are. Well, yeah, none of it was written in English. English, modern English is a horrible language and it makes very little sense. And all you have to do is study a, a language like Spanish or Hebrew or Greek or something a little bit to understand how messed up our language is.
0: Well, I think the language like, that we speak is literally put to, to keep us um, entrapped in out of our yeah. spiritual purposes just from the things like the original word or the original root word for the word god and and just the way that it's like like you said how the paleo hebrew was where the beginning is closer to the end and the middle is the most important and just like like it's not structured well i actually watched an alien movie that explains it really well recently and it was not like any alien movie ever like you actually <laughs> should watch it someday I can't even remember what it's called now. I have to look it up, but it's from. It's got the chick from that plays Lois in the newest Superman movies, and it's really good. But
1: wait, you had to tell, Oh wait, I think I know which one. Um, the day after
0: tomorrow, or
1: something like that. No, 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 oh, no. She was, or no, 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 no. I watched a different one recently. I, I know which one you're talking about. I can't remember the name though.
0: But it's like every word. You can't understand the language if you're stuck in the concept of time and once you start to understand the language, you actually start to kind of break free from the concept of time and jump around a little bit.
1: It was super interesting.
0: Yeah. And they're like, why are you here? And they find, they eventually find a way to communicate and they're like, well, in like 3000 years, we're going to need your help, but we need you to understand us when we get there. So we came back here
2: now.
1: They're like, what? <laughs> you know, so, so that's, that's the thing to, to understand. And one of the things that I've learned about Hebrew in a little bit of study, like I can't read Hebrew. I can't, you know, I can't comprehend it by looking at it, but I've learned enough about it to just be fascinated by the ancient Hebrew language.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We've been told that these were, you know, stupid sheep farmers that didn't know anything. And I'm talking, when I say Hebrew, I'm talking like Abraham spoke this stuff, like King David wrote, in this kind of language. This is what they spoke when they left Egypt. Kind yes. of, you know, that kind of thing. Um, before they were Jewish or anything, it was the Israelites. Before it was even the Israelites, it was Hebrews. Yep. Um, each letter, there's, I think it's 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, and each letter has a numerical meaning. Mm-hmm. Each letter has it's a pictograph. So it has its own fundamental meaning based on the letter. Mm -hmm. And then it has the sound that it makes. And so when put into a word, each Hebrew word can actually be a phrase. And a couple of Hebrew words can be a whole sentence. It can be a whole, like it's absolutely fascinating um, because one Hebrew word with six letters in it, it can take you 45 minutes to truly understand the meaning of what that one word means because it can mean the word, it can mean the number, and it can mean the individual letters put back to back to give you a whole different meaning. And right. like, that's why people that really study Genesis study it in the ancient Hebrew and they're like, yeah, you barely get past verse one because you can sit on verse one for the rest of your life and sit so here to sit this. Because the language is so intricate and in depth, and like English it, it isn't like that. And plus, no. they read right to left, so you actually read, you you comprehend it completely different when you read right to left. Mm-hmm. And then, like the New Testament is translated from Greek, and so Greek they used to read right to left, and then they wrote read right to left to right or to left to right to right to left. It was like each. Line was opposite, which sounds horrible. Um sounds efficient, and now Greek read, reads left to right, like it does sound kind of efficient, but enough like how do you jump in the middle of a page? You don't know which way <laughs>
0: <laughs> You don't. That's the thing is you don't get to just pick out one verse and take it out of context. Alright, so
1: you're
2: warning.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've known that for a long time. I may not have lived it, but I've I've known that
1: for a long time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, but anyway, it's like fundamentally what I'm saying is we do the best with what we have. And that's where taking in as much information as you can and letting the Spirit guide you and always taking things back, not to your pastor, not like wise counsel can be good, but like take it back to scripture from your own understanding, read multiple translations, learn a little bit of the original language if you can. And then read books of wisdom beyond the scriptures, too, because you can learn a lot of things from history and you learn a lot of things from smart people. Um, and then let all of that be formed into proper knowledge sounds in your a, mind.
0: Sounds like an it. awful lot like you're telling people to use their intuition.
1: Yes. Yes. Which because I would say is your spirit, which goes back to that whole higher self connection, you know.
0: Right. But that's where people get well and, and, there's, and this, this is something i wanted to say earlier is that there's always going to be because you said you know with the the higher self thing you got to be careful of the nefarious things that are going to try to influence you too and it, that could actually be what you're you're dealing with but that's where the concept of the the angel and the devil on your shoulder there's always okay. going to be you know your your mind is is almost it's a it's a projector and the way that I originally learned it was you have your thoughts, you have God's guidance, and then you have the enemy. And they're all trying to project on the same screen. Now, I almost think that it, it's really similar to that, but a little bit different. Um, But, yeah, basically, you, you've got that. Um, yeah. I'm losing steam, bro. So where do you want to go with this?
1: I think we're in a great place to wrap up. We've talked for a long time, giving people a lot to think about and giving us a lot to think about. You
0: know what's infuriating, infuriating, but also kind of funny right now?
1: Versus out of context?
0: No, that. But oh. the fact that my plan was to go through Genesis 1 with you, and I haven't gotten in past... Like verse five, doing it on my own. Because there's always a distraction. There's always something <laughs> happening. There's always a phone call or somebody coming to work early. And I just can't have that time to meditate on it. I have that time. I get you here. And that's about as far as we got. Yep.
2: <laughs>
0: that's because verse six through eight is a whole other conversation.
1: So
0: it's, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I guess it's, it's the way it's supposed to be. I feel like we. <sighs> This is going to sound funny. I feel like we, we got nowhere, but we went everywhere. (laughs) And I don't want people to take that the wrong way. Like, like, I don't even know how to explain it.
1: I think we touched a lot of things and went over a lot of different subjects. And hopefully everyone is thoroughly confused and gets to ruminate on this for a while. And, um, learn something, I hope. I hope so too. And then, I mean there's gonna be a lot of things you said that I've got to think about this week too. So
0: It always blows my mind when you say that because I look at how you understand things and I just go, the words that come out of my mouth have to sound like nothing but insanity to you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's how I feel. For them. <laughs> I have a little codex of like how to understand Mitchell, and I I go back and I listen to it backwards, and then I like there's numbers and some weird shapes that I have to go through, and so you know it all makes sense eventually.
0: You have known me essentially all your life, so
1: yep, <laughs> been rough, but I've survived.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm not sure how I've survived my life. <laughs> either so all
1: right well i think we're rambling we should let the people go
0: i know i was just kind of ramping it down but (laughs) let's let's let the people let my people go let's (laughs) let's do it the fair way um do you have anything you'd like to and in a it almost feels abrupt now but i just do you have anything you'd like to add to the people because we're gonna pick up we're either gonna pick up where we left off or we're gonna marinate on what happened here today And we're going to, you know, pick where we're going to go from here. And as always, we'd like people to like, subscribe, depending on, follow, depending on what um, platform you're finding us on. Go back a couple episodes where I started to tag Lucas in the, the titles if you want to kind of follow the thought process that we're following right now. Because it's been a good one. Like, this has been some of Redacted's best stuff. And um, just we always throw out there that we will veer off the path that we're going on if somebody has something that they really want us to, to talk about. And you can get at me at Mitchell at 217recovery.com. That's how you can get at me through the Facebook page, um, the Redacted Recovery Your Mind Facebook page. You can leave comments on uh, the YouTube channel, which is also Redacted Recovery Your Mind. Most of the other platforms, I don't think you can do that. But contact us. Let us know. If you have any like or even if you dislike and want us to figure something out, who knows? If you like how our brains are working right now together, contact us. We'll we'll at least give it a look. And maybe we'll be like, no, we don't want to touch that or maybe we'll be like, "Hey, that makes sense." You never really know. So, get at us that way, Lucas. Give us your your final words for the evening.
1: Um, just fun to say, yeah. Like, if you know anybody that you think might benefit from any of this, or you really want to mess with their head, um, tell them <laughs> about the podcast and listen. Um, we want to expand, and we want. To just, like, we, we want to make people think. That's really fundamentally what we're, we're looking to do because we think when people really stop and think, their minds can expand and we can all get our heads out of our butts and, you know, live better and love the people around us and maybe change this messed up world that we're in for the better. Mm-hmm. Um, smart people who have thought things through and come out the other side better for it, I think are good for the world. And so hopefully that's what we can do. Um and we can help with that as we're on that same journey. You know, we're learning, we're trying to figure it out. Um, I will say the one criticism we don't wanna hear is you guys ramble a lot and go on a lot of rabbit trails because
0: we're not gonna stop. We already
1: uh, know. (laughs) Yeah, we know. Uh you can tell us that anyway. I'm all for it. Comment that that everybody gets a hold of Mitchell. (laughs) <laughs> and send them as many messages throughout the day as you can if you really <laughs> need one more thing to do um, <laughs> so, otherwise thanks for making it this far I hope you guys uh, enjoyed it and I hope you, know, you gain something from it because like I said that's the purpose so thanks
0: and if you start from the birth of Redacted you're going to go on a wild ride we started this series <laughs> two episodes ago this is my first podcasting experience uh, i believe lucas's as well i've got a couple other guys that i've done it with some of them are around some of them aren't some of them are, are making appearances um so we're going a couple different directions but i really like the series that lucas and i are working on because i like how our brains work together so with all of that being said thank you for listening and have a good night